Yulia Kirkillan is an artist who grew up watching her father paint in watercolor. A firm believer that one can learn by observing and doing, she continues to explore different subjects and engage with her audience through the conversations and narrative created by her atmospheric landscapes. Join us as we talk about colors you can choose to create a mood in your painting, the key pointers to remember when painting landscapes, why you don't need high-end materials to create, but having a go-to brush is a must, and evoking emotions through your arts narrative. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etcherlab.com. Hey, this is Jesse from Etcher. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. Join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. I started from my early age when I was uh, a child. Uh, my father actually is a watercolor artist, so I am kind of, you know, uh, staying next to him all my childhood and uh, still his uh, ideas, still his watercolors and so on. Uh, when I was about 12, 13 years, I started to study at the uh, um, uh, art school for children. This is how we call it. About four years I studied, I studied there, then I graduated college and university, but more, the technique I use now is um, inspired and developed by my father, and I kind of continue it, okay. to try to, you know, perfect it, if I can say so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So... It is your your dad who is the major influence in your art journey. And wow, I mean, I, I can just imagine how marvelous that is growing up with an artist by your side and, you know, playing around with water. So it has been watercolor or have you tried other mediums as well? Um, when I was little, uh, was watercolor, but when I studied in the college, I painted the uh, oil for three and a half years, I guess. Yeah. Oh. So mostly, yeah, I liked oil a lot, mm -hmm. but you know, um, oil is not so free. It doesn't give you, it, it gives you freedom, but it's not, so, it's not so spontaneous. I would say where, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have the softness, uh, right. Yeah, so I, you know, I just returned back to, to what the first love. Okay, yeah, first love, say, yeah. So, a lot of your works, uh, you're from Romania, by the way, right? I'm from Moldova, uh, oh, okay. so we're not discussing now the historical right. things. Yeah. Uh, we were part of Romania, so okay. I consider myself a Romanian. Okay, yeah. all right, and now you're living in in Kishino, Moldova. Oh, same. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I thought you moved. Okay. So growing up, so will you be your dad as your influence? Has it always been landscapes or, because I know for, when I look at your works, right, there's some, a plethora of subjects that you paint. And I was like, I wish I could do that. Like every subject that you tried to paint or that you did, they look so good and so excellent like the, the the artistry is there how did you manage to do that because i know for a lot of artists they would focus on just one and at least that would be the recommendation especially if you're starting out to try and pick up sub pick a subject and then mm -hmm. paint that over and over until you are comfortable with that subject and then move to another one 
or ex- start exploring. What about in your case? Uh, thank you, Jesse, for being so kind. Uh, so I start uh, at the beginning when I was little, I was painting sm- uh, small pieces. Mm-hmm. I would say 10 by 10 centimeters, oh. many per day. I don't know, six, seven, wow. uh, because uh, wet and wet, wet watercolor is um it's very fast you can do it quickly so uh if you want to exercise <laughs> you, you you can do it you can do many in a day uh with uh, with year when the year passed i changed uh, the sizes so now i paint larger ones even 50 or 70 were larger depends um but um i would <laughs> you say that i um I try all the subjects, but I would say only landscapes, cityscapes, and some marine marine yeah. scenes. Um, I would like uh, to be more, I don't know, confident to to try uh, portraits sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I think will come in the day. It will. It will. Uh, uh, at the beginning, the subjects were uh, extremely easy to paint, like. Uh, one uh, the sky one or two hills a tree and maybe some birds mm-hmm. uh, maybe now are the same but a, a little bit more details yeah. uh, like branches you know flying birds uh, different um, parts of architecture i like to paint uh, architecture subjects right uh, my my husband is an architect so i guess he inspires me that's a perfect combination an artist and an architect okay <laughs> what i love about your subjects and this is also very interesting because we were talking offline and i said that there is this emotion that it invokes every time that i look at them it's like i i can see myself in that scene and i wish i i could be that lady in white walking you know uh facing backwards uh walking under the rain with an umbrella or on the fields i remember you you did a painting for all the brides who managed who planned their weddings in 2021 but then they had to cancel Mm -hmm. because of the covid Mm -hmm. situation but there's that emotion and i would say it's 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 nostalgic but at the same time when you look at it, when you look at your works, right? And I say this, it's very distinct because you have this certain style that it's evident across all your art pieces. Where did you draw that inspiration to paint a particular scene? Because those scenes, are mm-hmm. it's a very typical scene. Like it's a corner and then some people walking on that street. I remember there was also another painting that reminded me of Florence, you know, with the street lamps and then people walking, cobbled, you mm-hmm. know, uh, streets. So where do you draw that inspiration? How do you come up with that composition? Um, I I guess whatever your answer is will definitely help with someone who would want to try out your style as well. Mm-hmm. So I call my paintings atmosphere, uh, my creation atmospherical paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try, I always try to create an atmosphere, um, um, maybe moody or maybe more, you know, optimistical or something. But uh, moody landscapes are my favorite. So. Mm-hmm. I guess they are more than 70% of my subjects. Uh-huh. doesn't matter if it's winter, summer, autumn, yeah. or 
I just love to paint rain, uh, umbrellas. Um, this this kind of subject, this is what I think, uh, make the viewer uh, to, to want to be in the painting or to want to be the person from that piece. Yes. So uh, this is very important. If you say that you felt that, so if you had that feeling, uh, I appreciate. Thank you. <laughs> I think I I got a good, uh, you know, point. So I did it good, well enough. If you felt that, that that's actually yeah. That, that's what I felt when I look at your works. It's like I want to be like what I said. I want to be that lady in white walking along the streets with the street lamps and the rain with an umbrella, or it's a winter scene. You said earlier that it's a style that you sort of adapted from your father's and mm -hmm. you sort of perfected it. Um, what, sort, what are the things that you injected into his style to make it more mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. So I think these um, ladies with umbrellas, uh, mm -hmm. my father paints mostly uh, rust, uh, rustic landscapes, uh -huh. um, okay. inspired by rustic, uh, you know, lifestyle people right. or so on. He paints also moody street scenes, city, uh, yeah. yeah, cityscape, not only, you know, small villages. Mm -hmm. But I think this is more me than him. Mm -hmm. This uh, street scene. Um, I also sometimes I joke with him that um, the my first uh, I would say idea was some like my idea, not stolen from him, <laughs> was some uh, children playing with kites. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, through a landscape with flowers and so on. And when he painted. He stole that idea from me. And when he made it, of course, his was better than mine. And he said, oh, no, that was my subject. Why? <laughs> you know, um, but I think like this uh, lavender uh, landscape, if you saw any, uh, are also my idea. So this kind of, you know, moody yeah. uh, subject that we just want to, I think we are, as human beings, just want to, to receive good feelings. And I just try to, you know, to share this kind of... I said earlier that it's it feels nostalgic looking at it because it's mm -hmm. like it's straight from a, a memory as if you were there and then you saw these people with an umbrella. It's raining or it's snowing or it's winter and there are these people and you're just observing them. It's as if you were standing from a vantage point and just looking at them and then you realize that this is a spot. I want to capture this in my art piece and that that emotion, it's it's really there and you're right and you call it the atmospheric um how do you start with with the painting because when i look at the the colors um mm -hmm. the composition right it's as if they're they're connected in a way that they're all flowing there is the symmetry in in your art pieces that and, and it's evident across all your artworks so mm -hmm. I, i'm interested to know i'm sure our listeners are too is how do you attack a painting so let's say you have this scene in your mind how do you start um do you normally work around first and then try to capture a scene or do you already have that in mind and straight from a memory 
Um, I always have something in my mind when I start to paint, okay. but um, I like to say that I listen watercolor. So if I start to paint and it happens a nice effect, I keep it. It doesn't matter if it was in my idea before okay. I started. I, uh -huh. you know, we just live together with watercolor color it some uh, so in uh, some way. So I start with the sky always. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to blend uh, uh, very well with the for, uh, foreground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, basically, watercolor uh, gives this softness and atmospheric. I, um, I don't work too much on this. This is the medium uh, who does it. Yeah. So I just, you know, I just use it and then have, <laughs> it happens. It, I guess from what I'm getting from from that is that you just let it go, because you said earlier that there you I go have with the flow or something. Yeah. yeah, you have something in your mind. You have this idea of what it's going to be, but then when you start working, it's it's unpredictable, right? The the watercolor. Yeah, but I guess from you, it's, yeah, from you, you love it. You love the softness of it and the happy accidents that it creates. Yes, I left them, mm -hmm. and uh, within the years, I started to understand how it actually works, what kind of, you know, uh, different colors have different uh, texture, I would say, and if you put them together, they blend in a way or in a different way. There are mm -hmm. colors that stop uh, uh, some others and so on. So I just try to, you know, to, to continue painting, and I will understand more and more about the medium and, you mm -hmm. know, brushes there are some brushes that helps me uh -huh. uh, like there are a fan brush that always helps me with the trees yeah so there is a, i have only one since i paint since i remember myself i have only one uh, fan uh, fan brush it's uh, it's a synthetic mm -hmm. brush and it still still works so good for so many years and i am so happy <laughs> some other you know natural hair brushes are expensive you have to buy them often and often, but that fan brush is the it's my, my favorite. I have others, but they don't work as much as the one that I love. And that's so, synthetic, you right? Mm -hmm. synthetic? Yes, <laughs> the, wow. the only synthetic one that I have. Wow, I, I have a follow-up question to that because most people think that you you need to have this high-end materials or supplies in order to make <gasps> create a, a piece, but. You just that story about that fan brush that you've been using for how many years? It's just okay. Then I don't need to actually buy and buy brushes, but having just a go-to. How do you take care of them, by the way? Because the number of years that you've been using it, probably you know the wear and tear. But how do you how do you take care of? Since it's your favorite, handle, it doesn't look it doesn't look so good at the beginning. <laughs> okay. But I wash them very well. I never left any paint in the mm -hmm. brush after mm -hmm. I paint, so they must be clean. So I keep them clean. I like to when I paint next time to have uh, good brushes, uh, okay. clean ones. So mm -hmm. I always clean them. <laughs> but I don't have too many materials. Mm, as Maybe. I said, uh, if in, anyone, uh, if someone asks me. Uh, what are the brushes you, uh, you suggest or something like that, I always say what you have at your local store. Just, you know, you have to exercise a bit to understand how that works, if that fits your needs. Um, 
and we don't have to invest too much. Of course, there are um, expensive, well-known brands that works very fine, but uh, not all of them. Most of them are marketing, you know. So. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good advice. That's a really good one. I, I, I think for a lot of hobbyists or anyone who's starting out, there's this tendency that you have to need, need to have like the high-end brushes and need to start with all the really quote-unquote good supplies, mm-hmm. art supplies. Um, but giving the like the local art shops stations mm-hmm. with, with the with what they have um it's a, it's a good starting point and like what you said you don't have a lot of materials that's really surprising to say you know you you do create like huge pieces of art right um you started small but now there are like bigger sizes mm-hmm. of art and you yes um and those are some of your artworks are for sale so it, it's kind of interesting that you have not you don't have you don't have a lot of supplies so speaking of supplies i'd like to ask and i'm very interested to to learn about this from you since it's atmospheric right uh and you said you paint you start with the sky are there specific colors do you gear more towards on the cool colors or do you also also incorporate warm ones or what are your go-to colors? I guess it's really the question that I'd like to know. <laughs> uh, I always uh, try to paint, uh, depend, um, you know, in concordance with the weather. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so um, if it's raining outside, I like to paint rain. If it's sun, I paint sun, seascapes. Um, what uh, I th- I think green is the color that uh, I cannot paint with. Um, ah. uh, I just can't. I like it, but I can't. I still I'm That's still learning. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, I use green, but not in the way I would like to. Okay. My favorite color is yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a uh, violet, purple. Mm-hmm. So I like all kind of purple. <laughs> Um, uh, also, I think my paintings are more cold than warm, except yeah. the autumn uh, paintings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the sky, I think, always 90% it's cold. I like to paint a lot of clouds. Um, what else? Um, sometimes I sparkle. Sprinkle, sprinkle. I think is a word. Yes. Uh, or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you saw the video, uh, some white gouache or uh, some blue watercolor. So I I make that idea of rain, which mm-hmm. also uh, helps me to offer the atmospherical feeling. Mm-hmm. But um, to return to your question, I think I use more cold colors than warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I like. Um, violet a lot and <laughs> uh, not using not using it so much uh, uh, this period I would say in the last one or two years and I lo- also like uh, earth colors earth okay like, yeah where sienna is one of my favorite which goes very well with olive three uh, three so olive it's a kind of green which I like and I can, yeah <laughs> Okay, thanks, thanks, Julia. Those are those are helpful uh, tips when it comes to colors. And uh, yeah, I would have to agree. Most of your art pieces they're gearing towards the cool, the cool palette or the cool, the cooler mm-hmm. colors. Okay, 
Now, I want to touch on teaching real quick because you have taught with us and I, I was excited to watch your recording. I'm sure a lot of those missed to watch your uh, mini workshop, which happened last February. You have a, a copy of the of the art piece that you did, right? For mm -hmm. the mini workshop. Yes. Okay, so if you are watching this from YouTube, or if you're listening to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, then go ahead and check out at your studio channel. That way you can see what Yulia is showing right now. See, this is what I'm talking about. So I, I really want to be that girl in the middle of the street with the umbrella. And wow. So if I look at this, so it's it's huge. And this is, you accomplished this in how many minutes for the mini workshop? 90 right this was less than uh, one hour and a half about one hour and a half about yeah. one hour and a half yeah. but if i let's say if i'm a beginner and i'm looking at it, i don't think i can do this in 90 minutes but you managed to do this in 90 minutes you less than do it. Yeah. you just have to watch the workshop and you'll see that you can do it it's, it's like so uh so actually all these parts were made when the paper was still wet so okay. paper can be wet about 15 minutes let's say so mm -hmm. 15 mm -hmm. 20 minutes it depends the uh, uh, temperature of the room in the room um so then you are the details but the big parts like this bush the building the corner uh, you'll do when the painting is still wet so it, you can do it yeah I mean, I, I'm just really surprised because this is a huge painting and for you to be able to do this in less than 90 minutes uh, that's amazing um, and I love the colors that you use I love this blue if you're so again if you're watching this mm -hmm. if you're listening then you should definitely check out the video mm -hmm. uh, format of this episode but I, I really love that color the blue that you used for for this painting I'm a huge fan of that color um, and specifically the details so I, I know that you love the loose side of it's a watercolor right and that's very very evident in the sky i love that it's grayish and white and then with a contrast of the is that a sort of a castle or how do you call that a, a shop house building building yeah yeah so the it's details, a street yeah. corner yeah so it's a street it's corner yeah. right yeah and then i love the the colors there's so those rather's blue is that umber or burnt sienna or the, the yellowish mm, part of the it's a mix with <laughs> also some reds and gray and uh, blue mm -hmm. and maybe I, I think some gouache also i use a white gouache when i want um the uh, the color to be more thick i would say if i can okay. use the, the word thick for watercolor <laughs> but i use <laughs> yeah okay. so uh, I use a bit of gouache, especially on the winter uh, scenes. Yeah. Uh, and we keep the snow, the paper uh, white mm. for the snow paintings. And at the end, just add a bit of, you know, um, shadows and happens a bit right. of snow. Yeah, that's what I like about this painting. And sorry, if I let I keep in, <laughs> hold it for, for a while. <laughs> I would just like to capture this real quick because what's also interesting this is about the story, the narrative that it's it's a scene, right? Um, it's a corner street and you can see the shadows of the people walking. So you can actually picture what's happening in that scene. It's, it's a scene people probably are going somewhere. It's a busy street. And um, 
I just love the contrast of the colors and the shadows because you can really tell where is this lady going? Where is she with an umbrella and she's alone while on the... Uh, 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 I mean, if you look forward, there are a couple walking and there are several people walking. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of interesting elements in this painting. And what I love about this as well are the details, specifically uh, on that building. And then uh, those birds at the top. So when it comes to details, because I, mm -hmm. so what happens is that, so it's very wet, right? The, the, the painting, it's, it's very wet. And then you, yes. so you, do you dry it first before you add, uh, additional color or just is it wet all throughout when you're working with um, with this piece mm -hmm. so um most of the time yes it should be dry uh -huh. completely uh -huh. uh, and if i need um, uh, a wet part i just uh, um, change the water and with clean water i wash it again and add some you know like uh, if you watch the video you'll see this part so the the paper was uh, white and at the end we washed a bit and added some uh, shadows and then washed again and you know if you need you can add water again and some soft details but actually uh, if you see the windows uh, birds some small um, details on tree they are made when uh, the they are painted when the paper is uh, completely dry so i always try to use the same colors. If you see the blue from here goes to the window and then goes to to the umbrella. I'm not sure if you can yeah. see it. So uh, uh, we have to keep it, you know, in a kind of the same colors, not to use the whole <laughs> uh, hundred colors that we may okay. have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, as I said, also the birds, I add them when it's dry. <laughs> yeah. That's really, I mean, this is a, this is a painting that you did in less than 90 minutes with all of those elements. So that's, I mean, for someone who is starting out, I would love to finish this art piece and hang it on my wall, definitely. So if you are watching this again from YouTube, listening on the on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast, you should definitely check out Yulia's recording mini workshop. It's up on the Etcher Studio website. I will definitely add that link um, on the description and on the show notes, which is on the Etcher website. So you should definitely check it out. I'm telling you, I will be trying out this painting because I, I would want this hanging on my wall. It's just a pretty scene and it's very atmospheric. Like Thank what I said, so I would want to be, I would want to be that lady with the umbrella. When, when, we, when we talk about teaching, um, Yulia, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, what is your style of teaching? So I, I know that is being an artist is, is this your full-time job or yes, it is. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. So I know you do have, and correct me if I'm wrong. Have, have you done on-site uh, classes as well before? Uh, just, uh, very few, I would say. Very, very few. few, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is your teaching style? Because right now we we do a lot of online, and I mean, mm -hmm. I'm glad that everyone transitioned to that. So, can you share a little bit more of how you do it online when it comes to teaching? Because a lot of people, when um, and this is one of a, an advice that I I got from from one of the artists that I interviewed as well, is that in 
for you to really be good at what you do, you need to also connect with the teacher mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who's teaching you. And this is really good. And that's the reason why we do the podcast, because we would want our listeners, our students with an etcher to get to know the artists that um, who will be teaching the class. That way they will be able to connect and resonate with the experiences that you've had, similar to the story that you shared earlier, growing up with your father, who is also an artist. So when it comes to teaching style, what would you say is your style? Especially teaching art, which is totally different when Mm -hmm. you're teaching like a math subject or a science subject. So I cannot say that I have a teaching style. (laughs) I don't have too too many... um, you know, classes, but I would say that I have a freestyle teaching. Okay. I like, you know, um, to joke if you want, if we, you know, the audience wants, you know, to interact with me. Um, uh, I don't use too many terms like perspective, explaining to the people how lines goes, what you have to draw, why not. I, I don't like this. This is not painting. This is, you know, mathematic, I would say. Uh, <laughs> So um, I learned this technique just by uh, watching and looking at my father, how he paints. So I think if I could do it, everybody can. So mm-hmm. if you just, you know, discuss with me, ask some question uh, and uh, watch what I'm doing, I think, uh, I think it's enough because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the eye is the... Um, is the one that has to be impressed. So if you look, you're impressed, you want to try it, you just ask the question of what you didn't understand. And that's enough. Uh, too many details are not important because if you're not interested on those details. I absolutely agree. And that's a really good point. You have to be vested enough. Like I said, mm-hmm. with the eye, whatever is impressive, yeah, you focus on that thing, right? You you get interested. Um, and, and that is the same with, with with, uh, when you're attending a class, um, if you are interested to the style, let's say for your style, if you want to paint the same way that the, the atmospheric landscape seascapes, right? Then you go ahead and sign up to the class. And I also would want to touch on, because you said that you learned from watching your father. So as a beginner, you observe. So you were observant of his style, how he, he works. And that's exactly the same uh, technique or sort of way of, learning that you would want to impart to your students, which I think is effective um, because bombarding them with a lot of terms, like what you said, being being very, very technical. And I'm mean, not saying that you shouldn't be, um, yes, but because there are definitely some techniques and technicalities in the watercolor, but for you, it's more on the practical application and just doing it side by side with you and asking questions and having that communication between the teacher and the student. So thanks, thanks for sharing that, Yulia. That's a my pleasure, definitely. Okay, all right. So, uh, for anyone who's starting out, Yulia, and especially with landscape, a lot of people would want to try it. Um, but sometimes when you're presented with that with a painting that you shared earlier, and like I said, do you manage to do this in ninety minutes? Because for some people, when they look at it, that is too intimidating. Because there are a lot. It's it's big, right? It's big, and there are a lot of elements in place. What is your let's say golden nuggets that you can share with that person who would want to try out and let's say try out landscape specifically atmospheric landscape but mm-hmm. kind of scared to try it out because it's either 
I don't know where to place things because that's always the question. Where should I place the tree? Maybe it's going to be awkward if I place this here. What are your tips and tricks that you can share or golden nuggets that you can share with that um, mm -hmm. specific type of, of beginner or hobbyist who would mm -hmm. want to try an atmospheric landscape? Uh, so, um, I think the, the most important uh, thing is not to fear, not to, you know, don't, you don't have to have any, uh, uh, I don't know how to say any fears or something like that. Nobody knows what you want to be, what will be the result that was your idea. Nobody knows if you'll, if you'll have on the paper something else. Tomorrow, you'll be better. Your paintings will be better. And um, exercising every day, I would say, it helps a lot. So this is the more, most important. Doesn't matter the result, not today, but in one year, in half a year, in three years, uh, the results will be amazing. You just have to keep trying, keep in painting, exercising, observing outsides, uh, making some sketches uh, to get inspired by um, uh, good um, painters. You know, we have now so many new possibilities online libraries that you can go and uh, to have a list of painters that you or you like and you would like to be like them or to paint like them or just to be inspired you know just follow them uh, observing how they paint maybe they have some tricks ask, ask some question send a message they will answer for sure uh, and uh, keep exercising exercising i think this is the most important thing that's a really good one. Uh, exercising, keep on practicing. When you were starting, were you doing it on a daily basis as well? I, I think you mentioned several paintings in a day, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, when I started the art school for children, I supposed to. I was going, I think, three times per week uh, at the art school. <laughs> and then I had some uh, uh, homework from the art school. I supposed yeah. to couple, I don't know, um, three or four paintings per week and some sketches. It was uh, a lot, I would say, <laughs> for a child. Yeah. And um, uh, my parents didn't give me too much work to do or something like that when I was a child. But uh, if I didn't paint, they were kind of uh, not upset, but they were trying to motivate me. If you want to go, you have to paint before you go. I was upset when I was little, but now I see that that helped a lot. That helps, yeah, definitely pays off. <laughs> Um, you, thank you. Um, you also mentioned about reaching out to the artists and asking questions. If you do mm -hmm. uh, want to check out Julia's uh, Instagram as well, she would definitely give you um, yeah, reply to your DM. So we will definitely include that in the description box as well. Okay. Julia, thank it's you. been a pleasure having you on Make More Art. Again, it's it, it was really lovely to chat with you. Um, and I'm a huge fan of your works. I wish I could paint like that um, and create that Thank emotion so to anyone looking at uh, an art piece or an artwork. So thank you so much for sharing your talent and your gift with us. And kudos to your dad for teaching you as well. Um, and to you for observing and um, learning from him. So again, if you want to check out her recording uh, for the mini workshop that happened in February, that is still on the Etra website. Uh, we'll put the link um, in the description and in the show notes on the blog. So do check it out and watch the recording because you will definitely learn a lot. And that painting that she showed earlier, you can definitely do it 
as well in less than 90 minutes. (laughs) Thank Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I had a lovely time. Take care of yourself, Julia. Thank you. 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 Bye. 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 You can really tell when someone is in her element and passionate about their craft. Yulia's personality shines through her works and in her ability to teach others through watercolor. This was such a fun episode and I will surely give Yulia's technique a try. If you want to share your thoughts about this episode, drop them on the comment section of the blog associated with this podcast at etrolab.com slash Yulia. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please drop us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast or you can find us on YouTube at Etro Studio. And, oh, hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.